very high expectation of what I've always thought this franchise is, and that was the best franchise in sports. In the moments where we are down, as players, we got to execute. Every day, I'm so fortunate to be a part of this team. This is 49ers Plus Minus. Hey everybody, Tim Kawakami here. Second edition of 49ers Plus Minus. I won't keep counting it down. I think uh, everyone will get that, but it is a number two, so I appreciate sending that out in the world. We're going to keep going. There are going to be thousands of these Barrows. Are you ready for thousands of these episodes? Just, just, we're just going to power right through. Barrows piling through sickness and in, in to do this. Very, very strong-willed. You're you're a warrior. That's what you are, Barrows. How are you feeling? You had to miss the game uh, actually, we, I did not have you to my left at a 49ers game. It was. I like know. A, how did a, a how did you deal with me not being there? <laughs> People were asking, "Where's you know, Barrows?" T- telling I guess you what to write and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, you, Kyle, call me. Don't screw this up again, okay? <laughs> uh, People were asking, like they were texting you, and you weren't texting them back. What was going on, Barrows? Were you just like disappeared into the void there for a little while? Well, yeah, I was. I was dealing with my <laughs> my illness at home. Uh, but yeah, so you know where I sit, I'm right in that uh, on that stairwell. So I. I I think people are used to kind of seeing me in that spot. So if I'm not there, all, yeah. all hell uh, breaks loose. It was off the surprised they even went forward with the game. Right? <laughs> yeah, was, Shanahan was like signaling up to the booth. Like, can you make sure Barros is okay? I'm a little worried. I don't see that little <laughs> head, that little dot with glasses. I did draw a picture of you uh, for Bar- for Mayoko. He seemed very, very rattled by the whole oh, thing. Oh, yeah, so I, I could tell. a picture yeah. of you just so he knew that your presence was felt. I, I, I hope everybody knew that. Uh, but yeah, even without your guiding hand, and, and and clearly you were probably lost without listening to my commentary throughout the game. I mean, I know absolutely. You I didn't know that. what to think about the game. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute, who's going to count down when the play clock's getting down to five? Like <laughs> as I do every single time. I trust that you were there pregame watching Jake Moody. I was uh, documenting whether he's making his pregame kicks. You know, figuring out where the wind is. Which I which, go to which, the field. Uh, which yeah. direction is tougher? I go to the field for that now. It's interesting, and it's. Oh, because, you know, we come out the tunnel by the 49er locker room. So you're standing that side. It's the south side, right? The close side, which is weird, but that it tends to be the one where they miss the most. So I kind of watched those kicks and Purdy missed a couple there and then he kind of got it down. But then, you know, that last kick they take in the formal, uh, you know, the 11 11s, all that. He clanked that one going the same way. So it's like, oh, that's interesting. Did make it uh, going that way in the game. But uh, that's interesting. It's just a weird thing why. The close side is the one that they all have the trouble kicking towards. It just seems that that's the windier side. I don't know why. People have been scrutinizing his face uh, uh, when he's attempting these field goals, you know, trying to kind of read something about confidence. And I think that that's a a bit of a fool's errand. Um, But it seemed like he was attempting those kicks with confidence. Like they they were, you know, big uh, swings and, Really, no doubt with with uh, any of his uh, field goal extra point attempts on Sunday. We don't want to go too far on the kicker, but as I'm down there, kind of monitoring, guess who runs into me? Joe Nedney. So it's like that. That was fortuitous. I started asking Nedney, like, "Were you a right to left guy? I think you were more than a right." He like, said, "You didn't really want to talk about it, but uh, the things you run into when you're down on the field." Well, you know what? I think maybe we should talk about the quarterback. Or no, no, no. Let's first talk about injury news. You were just on the Kyle Shanahan Monday a conference call. I hate those conference calls. I just I don't do them anymore. Everyone talks over each other. I don't know if that happened this time, but I count on Barrows to be on it. So give me the new Talanoa Hafunga. I think the, you know the strong belief last night was that he had torn his ACL. What was the news there? 
Yeah, that was confirmed. Um, I think that there was a, a bit of a silver lining in that um, there was no meniscus damage. So it's a clean tear. So that's usually we're talking six to eight months. Um, and you could sort of uh, move forward and say, OK, you know, training camp might be when he starts to do activity and he starts to uh, get up to full speed. And, and Shanahan said, if, if all goes well, uh, he should be ready for week one of the 2024 season. So um, a big blow. I mean, I think it's a, a very big blow. Um, I think uh, Hufanga was having some hiccups during that three-game skid. I think a lot of players on defense, uh, I think you could say the same thing about uh, Dre Greenlaw and some other guys as well, uh, but really started to look like Talano Hufanga against the Jaguars and was having a good game against the the Buccaneers as well and then got juked on that play and obviously took a uh, a bad step on that right knee. Um, and then um, a rookie comes in and a rookie, Tim, on this team is yep. Yep. Uh, a shock. Were see. you surprised it wasn't Odom, by the way? I was. I was because it had been Odom to this point. Anytime that Hufanga had come out of the game, um, it had been Odom. Uh, but Steve Wilkes on Thursday did say he was asked about uh, Jair Brown. And he said something to the effect of, you know, we're, we're reaching the stage of a, a full college season. So it's as if. Um, you know, Brown has been here almost a full year, you know, according to kind of his clock, uh, what he's used to. Um, and I think Wilkes's point was that he'd reached a, uh, a matriculation, like he had grown enough to, uh, become confident and the 49ers more to the point confident in him. Uh, and so when uh, Hufanga left this last game, um, you know, uh, it's it's the rookie who comes in and is really in the spotlight for uh, from that point forth. Uh, gave up a big play, obviously. A uh, little aggressive, yeah. A little aggressive. But you know what? I, I, th I think we both noticed in preseason, like, this guy's fast. Like, he's no, like this in, in a secondary that is not fast, right? There's nobody on that secondary who really just flat out can run. Maybe on the other cornerback, but I don't know. Lenore and Thomas are not that fast either. And the safeties are not fast. This guy can run. He can cover ground. So I think, yeah, he was a little aggressive, like thinking I'm going to be like a cornerback on this guy. And whoops, the ball goes past him. I don't even remember the like Jarrett, whoever the receiver was. Yeah. Uh, but also a rookie. Close ground on the big, you know, the fourth down throw to Mike Evans. Even turns around and has the ability, like didn't really see it, but it knocked the ball. And then the interception. Uh, I didn't even see him on that thing. The ball just went up, and I just assumed it was going to be incomplete, and there he is diving for the interception. You just see it. Uh, maybe you can't see it because you were sick and watching on TV, but me being the person who was oh, there, yeah. you were there watching from the press box, you just see 27 go whoop, whoop, and zipping around, and it's noticeable. And he's not going to be the same player as Hufanga, but I think he's going to be interesting for them in a different way. He's going to be that, you know, I don't know, free safety, strong safety. I know they switch it up. It's not really like you're the guy at the line of scrimmage and you're the guy who's back. But we know Hofanga is so good at the line of scrimmage. Felt like Gibson was the free safety. Uh, I think Jair is going to be like another free safety. Now, and I kind of brought up Jimmy Ward when he was safety. Would you, maybe not as physical, but would you kind of say a little more similar towards a Jimmy Ward kind of player? Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Ward, I mean, I think was a legit first round pick where he had, you know, coverage ability and speed and obviously the smarts. Um, I'm, I'm not sure whether 
Brown is as elastic as as Ward is, you know, good in one-on-one -on -one coverage. You know, you know, Ward played nickel cornerback. Ward could blitz too, right? I mean, and, yeah. and played it well, yeah. You know, I, I think Brown is a uh, he's a great energy guy. I think he's going to fit in just you know wonderfully uh, with that unit and kind of be part of uh, you know when this uh, defense reaches its crescendo and is firing on all cylinders, they just make plays. And he he's you know I can easily see him vibing with uh, the rest of the group. And I think he's going to be good around the line of scrimmage too. Um, not shy about hitting. Um, so, uh, in that way, I think he's going to take over well for Hufanga, but I, I think you're right that Gibson is the more traditional free safety. And, um, you know, one of the things that probably is really underappreciated about this defense is it just doesn't give up big plays. Yep. And, uh, that's a testament to Hufanga and to Gibson and, and how well they've been playing this season. And, uh, like I said, it's, it's underappreciated. It's not going to get recognized but that's you know and we saw that sort of waver a bit uh you know that 41 yarder i don't know if that was the longest play of the game for the buccaneers if it wasn't it's, it's real close uh but that's something to keep an eye on is whether uh there are breakdowns like that because you're right it's it's both hufanga and gibson at times sort of being that backstop uh, and it's something that they were very good at uh so far this year and something that uh we'll have to keep an eye on moving forward Speed's always a good thing, though, right? Speed, speed on defense, if you can coach it correctly, is makes up for stuff. And I think well, we'll see. He's going to make mistakes. He, he clearly did yesterday. But man, you can if you can run yourself out of that, it's a very interesting thing. I, I want to stay on defense. Just there's a chase. I know you you charted this. Where's Boza lining up? Where's how many snaps is Chase Young going to get? I don't know if you've done your minutia count of the snaps, but Chase Young played a lot yesterday. There's no question. He, he didn't start. Uh, and Cleveland Furl played the first two series, I think, but then Young's dropping in there, and he's playing a ton. And he's lining up against Tristan Wirfs, right? I mean, possibly a future Hall of Fame left tackle. Yeah. Um, and Bosa staying on the left side, and asked, you know, I didn't ask him, but someone else asked Bosa, like, how did you know? Does Chase get to any decision? Because you know, you know, I, I kind of make the call, but I felt good over there, and Chase felt good on the other side against Wirfs. So if you got Chase Young going one on one with Wirfs. Like he can, let's see if he can win that. I mean, clearly, I think Tampa felt that they felt good about that, but he beat him a couple of times, Barrows. I mean, he beat him clean around the edge with kind of a burst that haven't really seen from the other end opposite of Bosa. Uh, what did you think of Chase Young versus Worfs? Yeah, I mean, I thought uh, it was another great uh, outing for him and and a, a sign of things to come. And and you're right. I mean, I, to me, it's it's the the 49ers have been chasing. 2017 no i'm sorry 2019 um yeah nothing in 17 Barrett. yeah they're not, <laughs> they're not, not that. yeah just about it everybody from that 2017 uh team is gone except for uh kyle Yuchek. armstead uh, uh, but um you know at, at one point in 2019 um you know d4 d ford was firing on all cylinders uh bosha was having an amazing rookie rookie season you had buckner you had eric armstead and I feel like the 49ers have been trying to kind of re-establish uh, that ever since. And you, they brought in Hargrave, and you can kind of see him as the the Buckner piece. And they finally found uh, Chase Young uh, to be the uh, the Ford piece. And I'm not saying that they're the same player. They're they're you know kind of opposites in a lot of ways. But it's just having a bookend, somebody on the other side of Bosa, and you see that 
you know, as far as their sacks, I mean, um, Young might not be getting a sack on a particular play, but he's the guy coming around the outside that's forcing the quarterback to step into the middle so that Eric Armstead can get the sack. Um, and, and you can almost see Bosa uh, watching Young on the other side and sort of gauging his pass mm. rush so that they are uh, complementing each other. So he, that one guy is forcing the quarterback to move in a certain way so that one of the other players can take advantage. And, you know, to this point, they, they had, they certainly haven't had that. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I thought that, you know, for all the pressure that uh, the 49ers were putting on him, but, you know, Baker Mayfield had a strong game. I mean, yeah. he was, he was tough and he, st- he stepped into the right spots a lot of times and he threw uh, with uh, 49ers dangling all over him. Um, I thought he played much better than uh, Trevor Lawrence did the the week before. Uh, but, uh, you know, th- there was a lot of uh, hands in his face, a lot of pressure all game. What was it when Chase Young's played two games with five sacks two weeks ago and four sacks yesterday? Something I think. It, yeah, five and four. Yeah, that's a uh, notable upgrade and should be. I mean, they're paying a lot for these guys. They traded for Chase Young. Uh, but Bosa just looks, I'll just say, I talked to Bosa. I, I wanted to talk to Bosa and I knew he was going to be at the podium. I knew that his locker was going to be pretty good. And he was really, I wrote about it. He just like had something to say. Like he was ready to say something in his own, you know, understated dry way. He said, it was like, you know, I do think, I asked him the first question, like, do you think you guys are rounding into shape for the, for the late season, the way you've done in the past? He goes, yeah, I think we're winning games in different ways. I think we've been tested. And I think we all know November is when the shit happens. And like, this is a guy who's like seen this, does not make proclamate right? Barely. He doesn't like make big proclamations. Yeah. He talks about how good they are, but he doesn't say it like that clearly. Uh, and when Be- Bosa's feeling good, I think that's a sign about the locker room. It's a sign about where this could be headed. Could all fall apart, obviously. You know, big three games. We'll talk about these three games coming up. But I don't know. I was just struck. I, I felt like he might be the guy to talk to. And man, I also got clonked in the head by a microphone, by the way, as. Uh, it was me up there. I think it was Wagner just really early because you know they, had, they, they had the diversion area. They had Fred Warner going to the to the to the room. You got you got Bose over there, so the, the cameras didn't really know to go. So I went right there, and I did get clonked on the head by a microphone as I'm asking Bose. Like Bose winced. He he noticed my toughness <laughs> is what we're saying. You know, and I guess JL Jennifer Lee Chan got pushed. It was a Ooh, little messy because one of you know when you when they're moving, it's not their fault, but when everything's moving around then they have to get there fast and they sometimes don't uh, adhere to uh, like what, you know, my right to the space is basically. So, and I got clonked, Barris, but I kept going. I kept going and, and Bosa kept going too. Together, we, were, we showed our toughness. Wow. You, you, you both are troopers to uh, kind of continue. <laughs> he did say, so, he, he went, wow, <laughs> right when I got clogged. Like, it was something. It was like, what in the hell? He knew uh, he had to reward you with a really kind of supremo did. quote after, after, you know, the, the blow that you took. Yeah. And, pre- and I do appreciate it. I do appreciate it. And, I, you know, I was, he he has Chase Young as running mate. I didn't have my barrow says my running mate. So, like, I was out there solo. I was, I was having That's a true. That's there. true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about the quarterback. I mean, I, I didn't write about it. Like, you could write about Purdy every week. He is, you know, starts off really well, has a little slump, as the team did. And since then, he's just been just about perfect these two games. Um, as you're watching it, what are you thinking about Purdy's performance yesterday? Well, I'm I'm, I'm thinking, and you noted this uh, early in the game, is that, uh, you know, it didn't really start out as a typical 49ers offensive game because they were – 
they were throwing the ball more than, than running the ball. They didn't actually run the ball very well at all. I mean, that, that's uh, you're looking for kind of things to be concerned about. Uh, you know, the the Buccaneers really bottled up to close the, the, the close the game. Yeah, the, the Kyle loves yeah to close the game, and then the outside runs uh, were there was just nothing there for Christian McCaffrey, uh, and there usually is. So, um, and it may have been that the the Buccaneers were just selling out to. To, to take that away. And so Kyle Shanahan's answer was like, was, you know, we'll, we'll just do a, uh, a heavy Brock Purdy game, a lot of throws. Um, and what, what stands out to me and it, and it has the last few games is, is just how aggressive he is. Um, and, and, you know, with, with the, you know, putting the ball in the air and putting the ball in the air deep, um, which is something that uh, his predecessor, Jimmy Garoppolo was criticized for not doing, you know, not, uh, going after the deep ball, not really attacking the full field. Um, there are portions of the field that Jimmy Garoppolo was fantastic. But he never, you know, attacked outside the numbers. He never attacked deep. And that's what you've seen Brock Purdy do uh, really well uh, uh, in each of these last two games. I think Jimmy just wasn't good at it. Like, that's part of it. Like, you wouldn't want him throwing that ball too much downfield because he wasn't good at it. And he wasn't good at, like, buying the time it takes or get, and I think I do think the ACL kind of changed who he was a little bit. Like he just wasn't able to make that quick step and to get the time. You know, that Tom Brady little quick step, uh, and I don't think he was very good at throwing it anyway. That's what hits me about Purdy. It's like that throw I mentioned it on Twitter a little while ago. Like that readjust in the pocket, move up and hit Debo thirty yards downfield. Obviously, Debo's in space. He gets another ten out of it. Like that's that that play is not available to anyone else that Kyle has coached with the 49ers. It's just not there. Like, you know, that's Jimmy would not have been able to make that. I don't want to be me, but he would not have been, you know, be able Brian Hoyer could not make that play. Whoever else you want to name. That's just, you know, doesn't look like incredible, but man, that, like you don't, there aren't many guys who make that play. Like get the rush in your face, take three quick steps forward, reassess, not just like, oh my God, things are gone. Hey, well, like, reassess. Kind of look around and then boop, drop it right to Debo. That's a special play. I mean, I, I mean, we were talking about it last week. Is he top 14, top 15? I, I don't want to keep doing these rankings because they are kind of silly, but I think he's top 10, Barrow, so I think he might be closer to top eight right now. You agree? I mean, we're going to have to start talking Pro Bowl pretty yep. soon. Yep. Um, I don't, I don't see how he doesn't make it. I mean, no, especially just, with cousins out, right. With cousins. Exactly. Out. Just given the, the, uh, the landscape in the NFC, but just the, the way he's playing and that, that play that you're referring to, um, he, he makes it seem easy too. I mean, there, there's a calmness about it as well. It's not frantic. It's not, uh, oh, what's going to happen? Um, you know, he, he's, he's walking the razor's, razor's edge. He knows what he's doing. Um, and, and that's that's been the, the case with him since that Miami game where he came in for injured Jimmy Garoppolo. He just seems comfortable uh, doing what he does. And it was that type of play, I mean, the, the one missing element, the one thing that hasn't been checked off of his resume is the come from behind win where, where it's, you know, everything's on the quarterback's shoulders in the fourth quarter. The quarterback's got to you know, get one, two scores, march down the field. They'll plays like that kind of uh, assure me that he, he can do it. Yeah. Uh, he just hasn't had a lot of opportunities for it. Uh, and he's thrown some bad interceptions, but he's got the um, improvisational skills, uh, the ability to 
turn a broken play into a big gain, which is what, you know, this is what separates the Mahomes, the Josh Allens from the rest of the chaff uh, quarterback wise. But I think that Purdy has that, you know, he's got the efficiency part of it, but he also has the creativity part of it, which, which is the more rare piece. Um, but uh, I, I think he's got that in his DNA. You know, there are times, I mean, they got McCaffrey going out to the, you know, flat almost every route or doing something short, and it was open. But you see yeah. Purdy was holding on the ball like, I can make a play downfield, and he made a ton of them. Obviously, you know, he's got the highest yards per attempt in the NFL by a lot, and it's ridiculous the last two games. Um, he's just looking down the field for something to happen, and, like, I want my guys to make plays obviously the deep the deep ball to Ayuk was a you know just a classic throw uh and cornerback falls down and Ayuk takes off Ayuk can run a little bit Barrows he's got some speed there that's some speed yeah the uh the safety just gave up <laughs> yeah it's like yeah and that's what was Whitfield right I'm, I'm not gonna field. I'm not gonna catch this guy and uh yeah the second second week in a row a uh a cornerback is, or I guess it wasn't a cornerback against Kittle but the defender has fallen down and basically it's allowed the uh, the 49ers player just to kind of waltz right into the end zone. I was going to ask Purdy. He wasn't. He wouldn't have bit with. I'm sure because you, you tired of being uh, you know stereotyped as just a big arm quarterback, Brock, just throwing <laughs> throwing the ball down for Steve Bartkowski. It's all you, yeah. Randall Cunningham. Outs back there. <laughs> but, but, I mean, you. there are there are kind of uh, quarterbacks like that over the years. Uh, you know, Fran Tarkenton, not a huge guy, and and would uh, would scramble and then kind of unleash the uh, the long balls. I'm trying, still trying to figure out who Brock Purdy's perfect comp is. Um, and I've had Drew Brees on my mind. Yeah, Brees is, I mean, that's his teammates. I'm going to write this eventually. You know, I've been holding it for a while because he went to a little slump. But that's the name that comes up. But he's more athletic than Brees, right? He's He can move around a little more than Brees. Yeah, yeah. He's not quite as frenetic as Brees, as intense all the time as Brees was. Um, but, uh, yeah, there are similar, I mean, I think the, the, the brain speed, uh, processing and kind of, uh, just being a half step ahead of everybody, which I think was at play on that, on that, uh, throw to Debo that you were referencing. Um, I think that's the big comparison and, and, and probably, um, you know, the, the common link between a lot of great quarterbacks. What'd you make about the uh, Shanahan mention of no intentional groundings, which he was very happy about after the three in the last three weeks, uh, and kind of the the emphasis on that. Not of not throw, just throwing yeah. the ball away. Yeah, well, he made a point like you, and it's like, oh yeah, Brock played great, da da da, efficient, and no intentional groundings. So I asked him about it afterwards at the end of his presser, and he's like, yeah, we talked about it. We don't, we can't have that anymore. We we said no more intentional grounding. Uh, it's such a typical Shanahan note. But, you know, we all know intentional grounding, if you get called, it's just like a sack. So it's not that big a deal versus that. But I, my sense is that it's the possible fumble when you're flipping around like that. It's yeah. the throw that goes, you know, not where you think because you're under that kind of duress. You're not throwing it anywhere. You know, you're just trying to heave it. Uh, I think that was the part that Shane, like, listen, you're going to get we're going to lose yards anyway. This is happening. Don't make it worse because the best you can get out of it is intentional is intentional grounding. If it can be worse than that, it's turnover. So I just thought it was a typical Shanahan note on a quarterback who's playing fantastic. And yeah, right. It was don't do that anymore, Brock. 
Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Shanahan uh, is going to uh, make sure the the hype machine does not uh, get too uh, uh, cranking too uh, highly on that as well. But yeah, you're right. I mean, there there have been a couple of those, and there was a uh, a play where he was trying to escape the pocket yesterday, and he got tripped up by a linebacker. Um, but uh, you know, his uh, his ability to kind of work his way out of those tight corners is uh, is, is pretty impressive. All right, we got these big three games we've been talking about for a while now. Quick turnaround. Thanks. Hopefully, Barrows can make it to this third Thanksgiving game. I am going uh, in Seattle. Huge game. Always big when they play in Seattle. They could basically clinch the division, not clinch it. They got another game with Seattle, but have a huge, huge after Seattle's lost to LA uh, yesterday. It's a, they're, they're a game up. You can go two games up on Seattle with a win in Seattle. Then obviously, you got a long week before going to, the Philadelphia Eagles gigantic game. And then you come back from that, you got a home game against Seattle. Um, how, how do you look at this? You think the quick turnaround hurts them any particular way, or is it okay this time? They don't love, I know they don't love having two Thursday night games this season. I know they don't like that, but where do you put this kind of in their schedule minds, their bodies, their health? Is this an okay time to be going into this big gauntlet they've got now? Yeah, I mean, um, there. You know, we just talked about Hufanga's injury, um, and it's a big one. But they're relatively healthy going into this game, and certainly more healthy than they were going into the Thursday game in Seattle in December last year, which is the uh, the Brock Purdy rib game where he didn't even you know attempt a pass, um, you know, uh, either in uh, practice or even in pregame, really. Uh, that that game seems more and more amazing the the, the more you get into it. Uh, so they're they they have that uh, to their advantage, knowing that they uh, were able to kind of rally and uh, beat the Seahawks in Seattle on Thursday for the division last year. I think the Seahawks are the more beat up team uh, going into this one. I think Geno Smith is going to play. I think uh, Pete Carroll just said that and. Um, uh, Kenneth they, Walker. Yeah, right. exactly. They got some other injuries as well. Uh, DK Metcalf has been beat up. Uh, Lockett's been beat up a little bit. But I mean, this is this is sort of a uh, a nice Seattle scenario. I think Pete Carroll loves these situations where his team has its back against the wall, and you know the Forty ers are favored by seven, and they're coming into our place. So he's going to have you know it's Pete Carroll. It's a Pete Carroll team. He's going to have them foaming at the mouths for this game. The uh, The fans are going to be at full throat. Uh, the 49ers can't uh, feel confident going into this one or overconfident going into this one. So uh, it's funny. I mean, each each of these next three games has a kind of mental uh, challenge to it. Short week, then, you know, the big revenge game. You can have a long time to think about it. Uh, in Philadelphia, and then um, not not being sort of emotionally spent by that because you have to come back and play the yep. the Seahawks again. So it'll be a a, a good uh, sort of um, coaching challenge and a challenge of the 49ers' uh, veteran leadership inside that locker room. I think they do. They don't want to say it, but they do like that they're getting the long week before the Eagles. Right? They're going to have a first time this season. They're going to have a little extra rest on their opponent. You do have to fly out there, so you kind of lose that day. But you have extra two days by playing Thursday. So if you win that one, players are going to be able to rest up a little bit. And we know a fresh 49ers team can be pretty good. Um, 
how's Shanahan? I, I'm just throwing this at you. How's Shanahan been on those Thursday games? I, I haven't remember. I don't remember a bad flat Thursday game. I don't know if they're undefeated on Thursday. They play clearly, you know, they destroyed the uh, the Giants already on Thursday. But you, you have a, any memories on the Thursday Shanahan kind of regular outings? Yeah, I don't have a record in in my mind, but uh, my sense is that they're they're usually well prepared for it. Yeah, I can't um, remember a stinker like that. I just I can't, can't remember a stinker. I remember them beating up on the Rams early on in the in the Shanahan uh, tenure. I think that was on a on a short week. Um, yeah, I mean, um, you know, that's how I think all the the the, the NFL teams kind of handle it mentally. Is that this is going to suck, uh, but uh, once it's over, we're going to be able to really kind of enjoy a few extra days of rest. So. Um, the fact that it's coming over the Thanksgiving Day weekend, I think that's something to look forward to as well. Uh, but you're right. Uh, being rested for that Philadelphia game, I think is going to be, um, you know, it might not uh, turn out to be a, a huge advantage, but I think it's going to be a, uh, a mental advantage for them going into that game. I'm sure you heard some mutterings. They, just, they didn't like the schedule to start the season. They didn't like it, you know, and they played with three, three teams that were coming off their bye and the 49ers were not. They get their bye, but also the Jacksonville's coming off a bye. Two Thursday nights. Hey, it's a schedule you got. You know, you're a, you're a you know preeminent team in the NFL. You're going to get a lot of these weird little quirks in there. But I've heard a couple times, and there was another mention yesterday. Like two Thursday night games. That's not good. Uh, but you got you only can play what you got, and then you take if you get a little bit of a hole, if you get a little bit of an advantage, which they got. With the Eagles game, you you take advantage of it by beating Seattle on the short week because Seattle's got the same short week other than you have to fly out there. So there, there's a little disadvantage with the 49ers. But then you get the extra time against Seattle, against the Eagles. If you win those two games, you're what, talking maybe first seed again, right? Or at least aiming for the first seed. Yeah, uh, you're, you're within uh, striking distance of it yep. for sure. And you've, you've kind of put some, you know, if you win all three, you basically clinch the division so you don't have to worry about that one. We shall see how that goes. But – uh I think they're I I kind of was thinking they were going to go on a late season run anyway. I kind of looked at the schedule at the beginning of the year so this kind of sets up for that. Uh I was a little shaky during a three game losing streak, but Barris is this just a normal 49ers? Okay, here we go. November is when the shit matters. Uh I think maybe t-shirts can be uh, printed out of that one something like that. But uh, <laughs> so, Yeah, that's, that's right. Uh Bosa will help you with that. Yeah, yeah I mean it 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 certainly is um uh, you know, go, going back to 2019, uh, they, they uh, had to really kind of, uh, you know, uh, win some nip and tuck games in December. There was some, a lot of close games. Remember there was that stinker against uh, the Falcons at no, home? Lose. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's after they had that big run, right? Had, exactly. You know. So, I mean, I think that'll be a challenge, uh, as we noted. These are three highly charged games, they're going to have some other games that they're going to have to win too if they really want that number one seed. And sometimes those games are more challenging than, than the, you know, the, the, uh, the big time opponents. I mean, they got the Ravens coming in here. They got the Cardinals. That's going to be one that's going to be very hard to get up for, I think. Uh, but uh, yeah, so December is going to be very interesting. I think that they really want that number one seed. Um, I think that, uh, the prospect of going back to Philadelphia versus making the Eagles come out here to Levi stadium. Um, I think that, uh, you know, they, they would love to have that game in their own building and they would love to have that by, uh, a team that kind of ran out of gas at mid season. 
I think that that would be a a very big deal for the 49ers. I've just come up with one reason the one seed might not be terrible is because you play in that second division round, you play the winner of four or five, right? And that might be the Cowboys, right? Do you do you want to play the Cowboys in, in the first round? That's I think that's what you would get, right? I, I'm trying to think you get four or five. Yeah. So like you and otherwise and, and so that's why you'd be playing the Lions, right? Lions right, 49ers right, yeah. would be two, three. So that's not easy, but if you had to underline a team that might be able to beat the Eagles in Philadelphia, other than the 49ers, I think it's the Cowboys. They they came close already, right? A couple of weeks ago. So that's just me inventing reasons why it might not be the one seed might not be all important. But I do think the Cowboys might be the third best team in the NFC. I think maybe by some amount. We'll see. With, we'll see with the Lions. Uh, OK, let's do uh, our let's see if we keep going with this. Our prediction for player of the week. I picked Tofonga last week. I mean, listen, that was a terrible injury, but he wasn't going to be the player of the week. So that was not a great pick by me. I don't I forgot who you picked. I don't even remember. I think I picked Bosa. Um, yeah. Pretty but, solid. I'll go Yeah, ahead. I, I I certainly didn't go out on a limb with that one, but um, yeah, he's he's involved all the time. I mean, he's having uh he he looks exactly like he did last year. I'll I'll just put it that way. The the numbers aren't there, but He's having an effect on the game as far as forcing turnovers and, um, you know, putting pressure on the quarterback. Um, so are, are you asking about uh, prediction for, yeah, for Seattle week? Yeah. Okay. That's uh, I haven't really thought about that. Um, you know, George Kittle had a huge game against the Seahawks in that in that Thursday night game last year. Um, it, it seems like uh, teams are going to have to really start focusing their efforts on stopping Ayuk. And when that happens, it's just going to open up things for everybody else. So I'm going to, I'm going to say it's going to be a, a repeat George Kittle, multiple touchdown game in Seattle. Like you, I'm going to go offense. So I don't think Seattle's defense is very good. Um, it's not the defense that we've seen. There's some good players there and I think they can turn you over, but I just don't see it as they just don't have other than a few secondary players. They don't have, that great standout player. So I'm going to go, oh, just terribly incredible surprise pick. I'm going to go Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I think he, I think he's he number was 23, right? Yeah. I think he's, is he still on the team? I mean, they might, they might have to deactivate him. Uh, I think he was ready for a huge game yesterday. Just didn't, the game just didn't go that way. Thought he played like a rock. He always does, but I thought he was like just blasted out of a can in the touchdown pass. That was beautiful pass, by the way. A beautiful play design, Barrow. Yeah, it like, really was. He, yeah. he does the little, I guess uh, Kyle called it a bump shift, which was like just kind of shuffled to your left and then at the snap break through the line. And I asked Kyle, like, does he have to go through that? He goes, no, whatever is open, whatever is an open space. What if there's not an open space on the line? What does he do? I guess he's got, got to cut in front of it. Um, just unique. You're running a route through the offensive line across. Like, how do you cover that? Like, how can you possibly cover Christian McCaffrey when he's running through the line at like a 50 degree angle? Uh, love that play. Uh, it's like Shanahan was in his bag a little bit yesterday i think he had some very nice designs i'm gonna go christian mccaffrey two touchdowns i just think like he's the guy in their big games they're gonna get the ball to and great defense like you know the browns could stop it but i don't see seattle being a team that is like we're just gonna stop christian mccaffrey and if you can't stop christian mccaffrey kyle's going to feed him the ball and i just see two touchdowns you know maybe not a super high scoring game but just one where they four ers control it 
a little windy, a little wet, you know, maybe a turnover or two. I don't know sure how the field goals were going to are going to go, but the best player on the field is going to be Christian McCaffrey. I know it's just a wild card of a pick. <laughs> just who who could have thought it's going to be Christian McCaffrey, who comes off scoring seventeen straight games, he scores a touchdown. Well, we're going to need your your Jake Moody analysis. Yeah, well, I'm going to be watching because this is the real kind of pressure game. There will will be some weird wind. Uh, it's at night. There could be weather. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, I looked at the forecast. It does not say rain, but obviously, in Seattle, there always could be rain. But no, I'm Barrows. I am going to be watching that pregame. You know me. I'm going to be down on the field, feeling the wind, seeing which way the ball goes. I like being. I can't tell how long the kicks are, other than pretty short, medium, long, because you know you're looking down from the from the goalposts. But I guess it really you got to feel for which way the balls like you can just feel that ball flying around out there and what they have to focus on. And you could tell Moody had to focus on keeping it left. He had a foot because the ball was just kind of flying right. And that's what he missed on on the official warm up. He clanked it off the right upright. So it's I just like that feel. I'd like to know what they're thinking. Like yeah, the week, right. The week, yeah. the week before the Cincinnati kick, remember, he was like Missing it 10 yards right going that close side in, in the warms. What happens in the game, he misses it like three yards right. It just, I like that feel for it. And I think, uh, I think I'm going to keep doing it. You know me, Barrows. I'm definitely going to keep doing it. Two yeah. things happen when I go to Seattle I eat sushi the night before, sushi Kashiba, and then I, uh, I plot out the kicks on the field. I'm predictable <laughs> that way, Barrows. Predictable. How to enjoy your Seattle trip. <laughs> All right, Barrow. You got anything else you want to say on this one? No, that's it. Um, yeah, I will see you on Thanksgiving. Um, Thanksgiving with Barrows. It's like family. family box, time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. That is the second episode of 49ers Plus Minus for your enjoyment or non-enjoyment, whichever you choose. I think you're going to enjoy it, though. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.